Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Coors Light presents Heavy Montreal, July 28th and 29th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau. Featuring Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Zombie, and Marilyn Manson. A weekend of hard rock and metal with Gojira, Emperor, Under Oath, Hollywood Undead, and many more. Festival passes are on sale now. See the full lineup at heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
right, a little Motorhead here on Talking Metal. That one back at the Funny Farm. We got some great guests today. First off, Emily Striegel is here, and you are the star of this episode. Because the star. Bo- yeah, because both, both of these interviews are conducted by you. Who do we have? We have Wendy Dio and Gus awesome. G. Awesome. Former Such a fun Ozzy Osbourne guitarist, Gus yeah. G, and... Former wife of Ronnie James Dio, Wendy Dio. So great stuff. We can't wait to hear your chat with both of them. And again, that song we just heard, Back at the Funny Farm by Motorhead. What a classic. I had the Another Perfect Day record. Believe it or not, that was the first Motorhead record I ever bought as a kid. That was uh, from like 1983. Wow. And that was the first record without fast eddie clark right so they got brian robertson on in on guitar and he was thin lizzie's guitar player along with scott gorham who we just saw with black star riders i mean and brian robertson i mean he played on like what i guess i would call the most popular thin lizzie stuff but anyways just a few things on that motorhead record another perfect day because I wanted, I've been wanting to say this for months because what happened was years ago, I put something up on Facebook that I loved that record, Another Perfect Day, and some dope on Facebook responded and was like, I can't believe you, you like that record. Lemmy, Lemmy sure didn't like it, and he, he sure has a lot of bad things to say about that record. And so that always stuck in my head, and I was kind of like, oh, oh, well, I... I, I I like this record, probably one of my favorite Motorhead records, actually. Um, you know, I like Ace of Spades, and, you know, that's a great record, too. And the Fast Eddie Clark stuff is, is so great, you can't beat it. But I don't know, something about Another Perfect Day was always, it was always one of my favorites. And it's definitely one of their more melodic records. But anyway, so that guy put that on Facebook. And when I had Martin Popoff on, it was probably about a year ago at this point, And we did that special on Motorhead. Right. I remember saying to Martin Popoff during that episode, when we were talking about Motorhead, that, oh, Lemmy didn't like Another Perfect Day. And Martin was like, well, it depends on, it depends. You know, sometimes he liked it, sometimes he didn't. That's what Martin said to me. Then, a couple months ago, I read Lemmy's autobiography, which he wrote in like 2002, called White Line, White Line Fever, which, or is it White Lines? White, White Line wh- Fever. White Lines Fever. Uh, or maybe White Line Fever. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it was, it was excellent. White Lion Fever. Well, not Lion. <laughs> it's either Line or Lines. I'm, I'm not sure. White. I think it's White Line Fever, but excellent autobiography that, that Lemmy wrote. And in it, in the book, he says, one of his favorite Motorhead records is Another Perfect Day. Hell yeah, so, Mark Striegel. So it just goes to show you, don't listen to these trolls on Facebook God. who know everything. And I don't know, I've been getting a flurry of Facebook friend requests, which I think are probably Talking Metal people, because it seems like they're the mutual friends are always the Talking Metal people. And that's great. Guys, uh, I, I will always accept your friend request unless I click on it because what I usually do is I scope out the page first Mm -hmm. before I accept it and if it looks like a fake account obviously I don't accept it but the other thing that turns me off is when I go to somebody's account and all I see are hateful rants politically based or whatever bye-bye yeah I don't usually accept those and if I do accept you and that 
ends up being the majority of what you post, you I will definitely block you. Just sorry, I don't mean to start things off on a negative <laughs> note. And if I, you and I if you post on my people. timeline that Lemmy does not like the Another Perfect Day record, I will also block you. <laughs> I will also like you. <laughs> I will block you. I will not accept your friend request if your name is Richard Longdong. I think I could. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> shouldn't. You told me that one. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Anyone Longdong? No, that's not going over. Yeah. So we're going to get into Emily's interview with, we'll do the Wendy Dio one first, and then uh, Gus G. And one more thing about the Another Perfect Day record by Motorhead. That song, Back at the Funny Farm, top notch, by the way, that's what he says at the beginning of it, love that. Uh, but that song, Back at the Funny Farm by Motorhead, I have this distinct memory of getting up to go to school, and my parents were on vacation. Now, you never met my grandpa Jewett because he died shortly before before we met. And he and my grandma Jewett were out babysitting me. They, my parents were away for the week. And they, this is when we lived in the Chicago suburbs, Burr Ridge, uh, Hinsdale area. And I got up in the morning. The first thing I'd always do is put on my, my uh, record. <laughs> remember, I put on that song. That's a quite aggressive song. And I remember my grandpa, grandpa Jewett, Jewett, Jewett came into the room. And he was, he was like, oh, good morning, Mark. He was like, oh, that's some nice relaxing music <laughs> to, to get you going this morning. He was a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> yeah. And he was a guy who, you know, he didn't, he didn't like any rock at all. I mean, he liked country and the older classics, you know, uh, Glenn Miller and stuff like that. But then he did like the Oak Ridge Boys and Dolly Parton. I was a big fan of him. But I always I always have that memory with that that specific motor song motorhead song back at the funny farm uh, with my mm -hmm. my grandfather. And real quick before we get into the interview, we did we did uh, see Black Star Riders with Scott Gorham, of course, of Thin Lizzy fame, and uh, Damon Johnson. And wow, they were so good. Saxon, Judas Priest, what a great night that was. That was so fun. And we're honestly, we're going to try and fit in another one on this tour because yeah. I almost have to. I can't, I need to see another one of those shows. And I want to see, I just, I just ordered Damon's album, Birmington. Yes tonight or whatever it is the new live record and you know they played yeah. in new hope pennsylvania right down oh, really? by where my mom oh, and my God, brother live so fun. the damon johnson solo band like it was probably like two years ago and it was like on a thursday night and uh we missed it for whatever reason i and i just i want to see the damon johnson solo Do you know band. what i need to i need to ask tony higby how, his involvement because right he's of, of course we love you tony He's he's in he's with Tom Kiefer and has been for quite some time, but I don't know what his involvement is exactly with Damon Johnson. It's in his Twitter that he's involved with the Damon Johnson band, right? And I was just tweeting with him today about like Jeff Buckley. Like we have so much in common musically. We love like all the power pop, all the Jellyfish and and <laughs> and like Sloan and stuff. I've had great conversations with Tony about those bands. But do you know exactly what his involvement is? I don't think you talked with Damon about that. I, I didn't. I, sh I guess we should know, but I'm assuming he's I'm gonna reach the second to guitar player in the band. Yeah, you know, but, but he's so busy with Kiefer. I can't imagine he has much time with to do stuff. But Damon doesn't really tour that much, does he? Um, he, he does some. I guess, I mean, his main thing is Black Star Riders, obviously. And that's where they're focusing on. And Damon revealed, which... I'm shocked Blabbermouth didn't pick it up that they're recording a fourth Black Star Riders record. I thought that was kind of big news, but... Uh, but what a cool guy. And he yeah. loves you so much. He posted yeah. on his Facebook something like, gave you total props today yeah, on no, Facebook. Yeah, no, Damon's it great. It was cool. 
Damon's great, but Tony Higby, who you interviewed last year at M3. At M3. That's a great segue because I did want to mention the great M3 festival is happening again this May, guys, and it's going to be insane because Tony Higby will be back there with Tom Kiefer playing once again to to the M3 Festival, the 10-year anniversary of M3. 10 years. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And Loudness will be there and Y&T. Two bands, I'm embarrassed to say this, two bands I've never seen live. I know. I've it, never seen those wild. bands. It's wild. And you, you've always been like huge loudness. Loudness vinyl has been spinning in this house right. since the day we moved in. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and we missed out on them last year because for our listeners that don't know, they actually came to the States, got to Chicago, and they were turned away and had to go back to Japan last year. They were supposed to play at M3. And we had an interview set up and everything, and we were devastated. Yeah. And the M3 Festival, one month away, guys. We can't wait to hang out with you there and check out Ace and Queensryche and, and Pretty Boy Floyd and all the other great bands, Night Ranger, that are playing the M3 Festival this year. And also, our other favorite festival in North America is, of course, Heavy Montreal. We are totally looking Cannot forward wait. to that. It's going to be a great, great diverse day. Rat is playing, all this controversy with Rat going on. We'll see what lineup it actually ends up being. Man, without Warren Demartini. It's not Rat without Warren, but <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, with Jake, if they if he does hire Jake to be in the band, when I say he, I, I'm Stephen Piercy. Uh, to me, it could just be a train wreck that that it is, <laughs> that it's also entertaining. That, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope they straighten things out because I'd love to I see um, Warren and Steven back. Yeah. You know, in the both in that the was fold so for amazing Rat. at M three last year. But a lot of other great bands playing. Of course, Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. This is uh, up at Heavy Montreal this what summer. What's Manson guys. doing? I'm not sure. <laughs> sure, uh, he's got a new video out, music video I saw that, that Courtney with, loves. With Courtney and Love, I, I yeah. haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Is it any good? Well, all his stuff lately has been pretty intense. Let's just right. put it that way. Okay, so Heavy Montreal and M3, two festivals that we endorse and highly recommend here on Talking do, Metal. Do your listeners know that you? Open for Pretty Boy Floyd once. Have you ever told that story? I did not know <laughs> my band Hollywood Superstars opened uh, at a club uh, in was Connections. That? Was it Connections? Connections. Yeah, Connections in Jersey Clifton, club. New Jersey, which is no like the club's no longer there. And we opened for Pretty Boy Floyd. That and was Bullet Boys and Bullet and Boys. Bullet Boys. Yeah. All I remember were bouncing basketballs, and there was a, a there was catering, but it was just like gross disgusting catering yeah. there's like nasty cold cuts and stuff backstage yep i remember that i remember that 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 place was insane anyways on that note let's get into this interview with wendy dio wendy here is a little dio music this is death by love by dio from 2004 off the masters of the moon album a song written by ronnie james dio and craig goldie followed by Emily Striegel's interview with Wendy Dio. One night when the stars were right for the gypsy queen And she found she could drag it down to a place that's in between it all She's a madman with a delicate hand and ease 
excited to have the opportunity to speak with you again today. It's, I've, I've, this is my third time in the past couple of years that we've had a chance to chat. I know, I know. <laughs> I, like that, I like that this is becoming a, a habit for us. <laughs> well, we appreciate your support very much. Absolutely. So last time we spoke, you were getting ready for the for Bowl for Ronnie 2017 right. tournament. That, yeah, that went really well, very, very well. Uh, and now we're into Ride for Ronnie. Yes, yes. So uh, I have to ask though the bowl, the bowl for Ronnie. Did Tom Morello score the highest? Because we talked about what a uh, mean bowler he was. Do you remember? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking that Mark Ferrari got it again. <laughs> um, I have to look back again, but I know Rhino came in as the uh, top uh, scoring team again. I think for the second year, and I'm almost sure Tom. Uh, I think Tom was up there in the high scores, but. I think that Mark Ferrari was the one who came in uh, above him. Well, I was very curious about that. And as you said, it's, yeah. now, it's now time for another fundraiser to support the Ronnie James Dio Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund, which, of course, is the annual ride for Ronnie. Can you tell us what the fans can expect and a little bit about what's happening? Well, it's going to be very fun, and we hope it doesn't rain this year. Um, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're gearing up, and I think we're going to have probably around 300 riders, which I'm very happy about. 
Um, and uh, we've got some great bands this year. We've got uh, Stephen Adams' all-star band. We've got Dear Disciples, of course, with Craig and uh, Simon and uh, Bjorn and Scott Warren and also Oni Logan and uh, Rupert Owens. So they'll all be on top form there. Uh, we're very excited to have Bisto Blanco, which is uh, Alice Cooper's daughter, uh, Calico and uh, Chuck Carrot, which would be real fun. Uh, we've got a Leonard Skinner um, tribute band, which is really very, very cool. Uh, called uh, One More for the Road. Uh, we've got um, uh, we've got another band, uh, which is oh, Slash's ba- uh, son's band, his young son. Uh, we've got his band. It's called Classless Act. And then we have another band called Railgun. So we've got a lot of great people playing this year. Uh, of course, uh, Stephen Allstar's band. We don't get to know who the uh, who the people are until a few days beforehand. The the, the musicians that he's lined up. But uh, I think it's going to be a fun 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 day for everyone. We've got lots of uh, great live auction uh, items, silent auction items, raffle items, vendors there, food and um, drinks. Uh, of course, beer and wine. So it'll be fun. Wonderful. See, good like- family day for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's the nice thing about it is that you can bring, everyone can bring their kids. I mean, we have a whole new generation of of Dio fans at this point. It's amazing. You know, the amount of like t-shirts I see, young kids. I went to see Judas Priest um, last week and, and there uh-huh. were some young kids wearing Dio shirts. I loved seeing that. It's a whole new generation. You know, I think I think that this is the first time a generation uh, has uh, liked the same music as their parents. I think yes. it's the first time it's ever happened. And That's I true. think because these people are all innovators and, you know, they, there's nothing... Uh, everybody has to copy them because they, they can't invent the wheel so many times. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. It's, it's one of the when few we, genres where we see that, I think. Right. When I was in London, uh, when we did the hologram tour, I saw uh, a man there. He was about 60 with a D.O. T-shirt on. He had his son with him who was about 40 with a D.O. T-shirt on, who had his son who was about <laughs> 19 with his D.O. T-shirt on. So it was like three generations. Oh, it was really, really, really cool to see that. And that was great. Um, no, the fans are great. They're un- unbelievable. They they stick all the time with us and they're the support is, is amazing. Ronnie would be so, so proud. Yeah, and he was always so loyal and good to his fans. I mean, that's one thing that was just so evident in his, not just in his, the, who he was as a person, but in his performances. And that really... Oh, yeah, he, lo- he loved his fans. He absolutely loved his fans. And he never forgot how he got there was because of his fans. Yeah, amazing. So, um, so the ride is happening on for those that are interested. It's happening May sixth, and it's starting out in Glendale at the Harley, Harley Davidson. Yeah, Glendale Harley. Yeah, yeah, Harley. Uh, Glendale Harley sponsors us. They have every year, which we're very grateful for. And it starts off there, and the ride goes to en- Los Encinos Park in Encino. Of course, you don't have to ride. You can uh, register to ride, but if you just want to come and enjoy everything and watch the bands, of course, it's just for spectators also. Um, and it's going to be real fun. We have uh, we have the uh, ride going up there. We have breakfast for the guys there, bagels and Krispy uh, uh, Kremes and uh, all that for them to start off with an orange juice and coffee. And then uh, they ride over and we have police escort all the way, which is amazing. That's it's amazing so cool. to see 
That's so cool. It's so amazing. They stop all the traffic and then you see <laughs> the ba- all the bikes go through. It's amazing. Of course, I'll be riding again and I oh, hope Lita Ford will be riding. Oh, oh yeah, cool. I ride every year with my pink helmet and my, my pink Geo helmet and my pink Harley Davidson jacket. Yep, absolutely. Oh, gosh, I want to see pictures of this. We need you. We need oh, you, yeah, sure. We need you on social media, Wendy. When are you going to get like an Instagram account so I can see your pink helmet? <laughs> Actually, if you go on, if you go on, um, on our site, which is do, uh, uh, what is it? Geocancerfund.org. Uh, you can see there is, there are pictures of me in my pink helmet there with my sister actually in her pink helmet. <laughs> I would love it. And do you ride with the same person every year? Who do you ride with? I ride with Big Scott. He was our runner's production manager was with him for many, many years. He's six foot five. And he would lay his life down for Ronnie and me. And so I feel very, very safe with him. He's an amazing guy. And uh, he's, uh, he's the one who, he's one of the lead uh, riders. And I will ride on the back with him, Fantastic. which is fun. And, and my sister rides also in a pink helmet. And uh, I don't know who she's riding with this year. But there's <laughs> many of them. In fact, my bank manager wants to ride on the back this year. <laughs> Maybe you could get one of those sidecars, you know, the little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> so right. it's, it's so much fun, you know, and you see like 300, 350 uh, uh, bikes coming down the road. It's amazing oh, with the police escort on the side. It's just amazing sight to see. It really I is. Would. And these guys are so great. You got to come out it. one year. I you know? know. I really, really am going to do this because I, this is just such all of this is so near and dear to my heart. You know, the, the cancer research that you guys do is so amazing. And of course, I love Dio and I would love to be there. Is there ever a chance? We talked a couple, you know, a year or so about this. Um, maybe doing about East, East Coast. Coast, maybe. Yeah, we've been, we've been talking to um, Ronnie's cousin, Rock, David Feinstein, about it. And we're trying to put it together. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but we are trying to put it together yeah. so that we do have an East Coast uh, we'd actually like an East Coast. We'd like a Middle Coast too. We'd like sure. to like a Chicago one also. So oh, we're yeah. trying, and we will. We, you know, we will be. We are growing each year, which is amazing. Uh, we've been giving a lot of money to um, to UCLA with Dr. Wong's uh, cancer research for um, a swab test, and I think it's actually going to happen in 220 that oh. we will have this swab test, which would be so amazing. It's so such, that you just go to the doctor yeah. and, and swab the inside of your mouth and you and they will send the results back and find out. Yeah. And I think it's amazing. It's amazing. He's very, very close to it. Some of the uh, board members went, I was unfortunately in England, but some of the board members went down uh, to his research lab last week to, uh, to see uh, the progress. And they said it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just geniuses that are working on this type of stuff, but it's such a process to not only develop it, but to get it approved, right? You know, so uh, oh, well, absolutely. FDA approval. Yeah, absolutely. We we're, were hoping for that in 220. So cool. we'll see what happens. But we're very, very hoping for that. And uh, yeah, we've been uh, very, very busy getting everything ready. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be such a fun day. It's always a fun day. It's a lot of hard work, but it's all worth it. Everybody's kind of exhausted at the end of the day, oh, but we've all sure. had so much fun. I'm sure yeah. because it starts out. When does the ride? St- I mean, the ride starts early in the morning. You said everyone's having breakfast, and then the party goes. Right? Yeah, the, the ride starts off. Yeah, then they um, they 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 all show in at nine o'clock. They're at the um, the bike riders. They come in at night between nine and ten thirty, and then the uh, kickstands. They start off at uh, at eleven. 
uh, and they ride to uh, the park and the concert over the park. We start at eleven thirty. We open up wow. eleven thirty there, and it goes till five o'clock in the afternoon. And it's and, and it's you know as I said, it's real fun. It's only it's only twenty five dollars for uh, a ticket. Um, uh, on the, the day before, you get it for uh, twenty dollars, and then twenty five dollars on the day. And uh, the riders with a with a passenger is uh, is like. Fifty dollars with the passenger, and I think it's thirty-five dollars if they pre. No, it's $40 dollars if you pre if you pre-register, and fifty dollars with the passenger and rider uh, I mean, on the day. What a good deal! What a good deal for a full yeah. full day of music. Cons- yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If you just want to come and watch them, it's twenty dollars on pre-registration, or twenty-five dollars, and you get all those bands to see and uh, and hang out, and it's just a lovely, lovely place. It's a, a lovely park. With a lake there, with the ducks and everything, and it's just—it's just a really cool place. We just take over the whole park. Cool, I love it, and, and I can't uh, wait to see who's Stephen. I love the uh, the the little mystery about who Stephen Adler will be bringing out. And is Eddie is Eddie coming? Yeah. Eddie Trump coming back? Oh, of course, Eddie's always back. Yeah, he's our host. He's always our host. Yeah, Eddie's and the he's best. so amazing. Yeah, Eddie's the best. He's kept he's kept heavy metal and, and rock alive for so, so many years. He really has. And you guys, you know, yes. it's what we need because, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people go, Oh, there's dirty people. We don't want to know about them, but they're the most generous, loving people going. I mean, the musicians that always give their time and their talent again and again and again. And I can't thank them enough. hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit about the hologram. So I know. Okay. So I know it won't be touring North America at this time is what I'm reading. And that you're going to taking it kind of back to the shop. You're going to tweak the hologram a little bit. Do you want to talk at all about what happened there and what's going on? This has been okay. So well, we took we, yeah, we took the hologram out to uh, Europe to test the waters, basically to see if there was an audience for it because it is so new. And as so many people have, you know, oh, this is just a video. This is just this. So we took it out to see if the fans were there, and they absolutely were. I mean, there were kids crying to me saying, "Thank you for bringing Ronnie back on stage." And yes. and it was it was a very uh, it was really an emotional trip. It was great. We saw the fans are definitely there. So that was just kind of a trial run. So we brought it back. Uh, there's new technology happening every day. So we're making this uh, amazing. We're making an amazing show, which will go out in 2019 uh, and hopefully hit America also. So we're uh, we're working on that very well. We're making uh, we're making some changes and uh, we're bringing it. So it's going to be it's going to be amazing. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be. Uh, where Ronnie sings along with two other singers at the same time. So, yeah. and of course we take Ron, yeah, Ronnie's band, you know, that played with him for the last yeah. 17 years. So, and it's a great experience. I mean, there's nothing else like it. There's other holograms going out, but they're not going out with like, they're not rock bands for a start. And they're not going out with, with, uh, with the band that Ronnie plays. The band plays live and then uh, they play along with it, with a live track of Ronnie's. And uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. I mean, it's and it's impossible to with a hologram. I mean, anytime you're videotaping a concert, you're never gonna get the real feel. So people who are judging no. things based on this video is ridiculous, especially with a hologram. You can't yeah. you can't yeah. judge anything based on that. Well, the people that have seen it think it's real. It looks really real. It's not it, because it's not a video. It's it's a, a hologram. It's uh, it's 3D and it's a hologram and it's like he's just right there on stage. And you know, with the live band. And you really, when you're looking at it, you can't tell that it's not Ronnie back up there again. Very cool. 
And sharing the vocal duties, it's Tim Ripper Owens, of course, of Judas Priest fame and Lynch Mob's Oni Logan. And from what I understand, they sing together, they sing separately. Ronnie comes out for songs. So it really is an right. amazing show. It is. It's an experience. And it's great. We have some great uh, stage stuff going on and production and things. And it, it is. It's a, it's a whole great experience. And everybody that's seen it has just been amazed and just loved it. It's the, the naysayers are always the ones that haven't seen it. And I say, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but see it first before you say something about it, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Um, so Craig Goldie, of course, is on guitar. We have Simon Wright on drums and Scott Warren keyboards and then Bjorn's on bass. Um, I'm mm -hmm. a big Craig Goldie fan. We've had him on the podcast before. He's such a nice guy. And I've always been interested in hearing more about the timing. Like when he transitioned into the role of guitarist, when Vivian left back in 80 like 85, like mid eighties, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do you, what are your memories of that transition? Because you guys were already working. You were, were you managing Craig and his other band? Yes. Yeah. He was in a band called rough cut at the time and I was managing him and we'd had some problems with Vivian. And, uh, so, uh, we just figured that let's try the new young guitar player here. And, uh, he did because when we met Craig, he was living in a car uh, he didn't even own a guitar, but the guy from the guitar shop down in San Diego had said, you've got to see this guy. He's an amazing guitar player. He comes in and plays our guitars. But we, we tracked him down. We found him. And uh, we brought him up for, for the band Rough Cut. And then uh, when it didn't work out with Vivian, we said, well, this, is, this, this was the choice to make. And he's a great guy, too. He's a really, really true, nice person. He's a He's a... He was, you know, one of Ronnie's best friends as well as being a bandmate. And he's always been loyal and, and very, very loyal to me. Craig, so. Craig Goldie with the heart of gold. <laughs> he is. Absolutely. That's a very, that's great. I'm going to tell him you said that. <laughs> so, and, and he was, he was in and out over the years, but in the end, weren't they working together up until the end and writing? And will those songs ever hear, you know, see the light of day? They were writing, they were writing, not right at the end. They were writing um, before that. And then uh, Craig was on the hiatus and uh, actually Ronnie was working with Doug Aldridge just before they died. He died. Um, yep. Yeah. So, and there's some songs that uh, Craig and Ronnie were working on, and there's some songs that uh, Doug and Ronnie were working on. Cool. And we'll get them out one of these days. We'll we'll, we'll figure out what they are and, and get them released. Well, there aren't so. enough hours in the day to do everything that you. I mean, talk about staying busy. It's like between the hologram and all the wonderful fundraising you're doing. Maybe we'll get a a book out of you one of these days. I hope. <laughs> well, we're working on Ronnie's book right now, actually, you know, because he, he was writing a book before he passed away. And so we are uh, getting ready to, to finish that book and get it out, but hopefully by next year. Okay. I'm working with some people on that right now, as okay. a matter of fact, and I'm ho hoping to do a documentary also. Oh, fantastic. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are things that we have in the works there. Um, well, yeah. You, you work so hard to keep his legacy alive, and we're we're so thrilled to have you back on Talking Metal again. And we wish you... Best of luck with uh, Ride for Ronnie. Thank you so much. We're very, very happy uh, to be talking to you and for your continued support. Really, thank you so, so, <laughs> so very, very much, Emily. Thank I really you. do. Thank I mean, you. it's people like you that keep everything going for us. Oh, my gosh. Well, same to you. And one of these days we'll get to meet. Maybe I'll get out there for the Absolutely. Ride for next year. That will be fantastic. Let so, me know. Okay? Good luck with everything. Thank you.
Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
That was Sunset Superman off the very underrated album with Craig Goldie, Dream Evil. Such uh, such a great, great record. One of my favorite Dio records. And Dream Craig's Evil. first album with Dio. Yes, correct. So we talked a little bit about Craig in the interview and we love him. Man, if you, if you guys haven't heard that interview, go back into the archives, the Talking Metal archives, and listen to that. Oh, that's a it's good a great one, great yeah. interview with Craig you did, like, how many years ago at this point? Oh, I don't know, three, four years ago at this point. But yeah, it really turned out well, and we should definitely dig that out and, and uh, post it on, on the site, which, of course, is TalkingMetal.com or TalkingRock.net. Please visit the site and use our Amazon links that help support what we do here. Join us on Patreon, do a $5 a month pledge, and get a Talking Metal t-shirt. Just let me know when you're when you're hooked up with us on Patreon. Send me an email. Let me know. It's mark at talkingmetal.com. Give me your shirt size and address. That'll go right out to you. If you don't want to do the Patreon and you want a t-shirt, just uh, do the PayPal thing. Uh, send me 20 bucks. I'll send it out to you, okay? Can we use the money to go out to the next ride for Ronnie, please? Yeah, well, we haven't gotten <laughs> enough money to do that yet, but, but hopefully the t-shirts will, uh, will sell soon. I got to um, make it out there next yeah. year. Even if I have to go solo, I'm going... I love Miss Wendy. She's yeah. awesome. Well, you're not going solo. I want to go too. So we'll try to definitely make that happen. That would be a great event and a great thing to support the ride for, for Ronnie and uh, just raises a lot of money for cancer research in Ronnie James Dio's name. And on that note, let's get into the Gus G interview. His new record is out April 20th. It's called Fearless. And I, I tell you, the, the title track, Fearless, is so good. And I wanted to play it here, but I noticed, because uh, they sent us an advanced link of it, but it hasn't been released yet, so I don't think I should play it yet, because I don't want to be the first one to, to leak it. But here's a song that has been released off the record that you can buy on iTunes. It's called Mr. Manson, and it's off the Fearless record. We by, talked a little bit about this in the interview. Cool. By, uh, by Gus G., and again, the Fearless record will be released April 20th. We'll have it linked through today's show notes where you can pre-order it. And on that note, Mr. Manson by Gus G, followed by Emily Striegel's interview with Gus G.
I have a cat that screams a lot, so maybe I need to go in a, in a quieter place and okay. the podcast. We don't, don't mind screaming. Sec. We don't mind screaming cats. So <laughs> I, okay. I do, believe me. <laughs> okay, give me a sec, please. Sure. So we can start whenever you want. Hello, Talking Metal listeners. This is Emily Striegel with you today. And on the phone with us right now, I've got Gus G. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Great. So, of course, Gus, you're known for your work with Firewind and Ozzy and also your solo career, which I want to talk about today a bit. I want to start out, though, by telling you that I saw you play back in December um, in Brooklyn with Vinnie Moore. And you killed it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was, yeah, at, I thank was at that you. show. What a fun bill was that? Did you have a good time on that tour? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, what was it? Um, what was the venue called? St. Vitus. Um, St. Vitus, yeah, yeah. What a cool venue. It's a great <laughs> venue. We love Vitus. Yeah, yeah, cool. I love the vibe there. It was a cool show, yeah. And it was a, it was a good run with Vinny. We had, a lot, we had a blast. Good. Very cool. So you have a new solo album, which we're really excited about. It's called Fearless. It's being released through AFM. The release date is April 20th. All of our listeners should check it out for sure. I just had a listen. Sounds fantastic. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. So is this your third solo album? I was kind of going through and looking back. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's the third album. Um, the first one came out in 2014, and then the second one, 2015, and here we are today with Fearless. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was wondering about that because have you just been busy with Firewind, or why is it? It's been a few years since you've given us some new solo material. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because uh, the reason was because uh, in um, 2017, I mean, it all started in, two, in 2016. We started, we put Firewind back together. I mean, we, we never really split up, but we were a little bit on a hiatus, so we kind of got together. We did some festivals, and then we started writing an album. And that took like a few months, and then next thing you know, you know, the album came out early 2017, and um, yeah, the the album turned out to be uh, it had much better response than what we expected. So the tour kept getting extended, and we basically just really we just finished up our world tour in South America two weeks ago. So wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, the, the thing is, by the by the time all this stuff happened, is like three years later and uh yeah that's how it goes it gets well it's good to be busy that's awesome so uh, yeah yeah so your last Correct. solo album opens with a really great instrumental but i think there's pretty much there's vocals on the rest of the album right on that last mm-hmm. album and on this new album we're treated to three instrument i think three instrumental tracks which is three super, yeah correct super yeah. cool so what made you go in this direction this time around with giving us a few more instrumentals um, you know, honestly, I was inspired by people just telling me that I should be playing more instrumentals. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, well, I guess that's, that's, I mean, this, this whole album was the whole, the whole um, thought process behind it was, well, what is it that uh, people really know me for and what would they like me to do more? And I guess that would be play metal, play a lot of guitar and maybe give them some more instrumentals and just continue doing what I do. So yeah, I, um, that's what I did. I, I realized I'm probably not going to have a, a radio hit. So I'm, I, I quit on that idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is a radio hit anymore though? You know, it's like the, 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 the You're right. Yeah. changed so much. So, you know, stay true to what, what you do and what you do so fantastically and, and your fans will still be there for you. So, 
Yeah, I think that's that's more important than anything, really. The the, the loyal supporters. I mean, yeah. you, you know, nobody can take that away from you. No matter you know if you have a radio hit or whatever, if you're a flavor of the month, you know, all that stuff is very, you know, it's it's that that stuff doesn't stay with you. But uh, but your fans do stay with you, exactly. and that's more important than anything. Yeah. And, I, and in my opinion, metal fans are some of the most loyal and you know, hardcore fans out there, so... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, you, you, you grow, in, in heavy metal, you grow old with your fans, that's exactly. the cool thing, and then next thing you know, I mean, I've seen people, you know, they were coming out to our shows, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, and then I see them now, and they bring their young kids with them, and, um, I mean, that makes us feel a little bit older now, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's pluses but and minuses to that. <laughs> yeah, but but it's cool, you know, it's like the you know, the, the, the torch keeps passing on and that's that's a wonderful thing cool awesome so the the title track is an instrumental and it's insanely good and tell me about the beginning of that uh is that like flamenco style like kind of like a metal with a metal tinge to it like what what's going on on that uh, song the title track oh uh, yeah fearless. yeah fearless yeah um i don't know no it's not flamenco it was meant to be like uh some sort of um uh, classically influenced kind of thing where I'm just having layers of arpeggios somehow. Uh, it's funny because somebody said the other day he somebody else talked to me about that the intro part and they said oh that's like Greek music right I'm like no it's, it's not like Greek but it's something that sounds exotic so some people think yeah. oh he's from Greece that must be like Greek music. That's so, interesting. It's a very very creative and cool way. Uh, Thank you. I, I was probably going for some sort of a classically influenced arpeggio kind of thing, more like neoclassical, but it, I guess it turned out into something slightly different, which is cool. It's nice to hear that. Yeah, it's very cool. So we have our instrumental tracks. We also have we have more, even more songs with vocals. Can you tell us a little bit about us, who's doing the singing on this album? Yeah, it's uh, Dennis Ward. Um, now, Dennis is um, my main co-writer and co-producer, and he's mainly known uh, as a studio engineer, but also as the bass player of a band called Unisonic and Pink Cream 69. Um, but it, he was a hidden talent when it comes to the vocals, because nobody really knew how good he could sing. But yeah, Dennis and I, we make all the demos, all the songs together, and he always laid down the the the, the pilot tracks, so so to speak. That's what we call them, the vocal pilot tracks, because he, he comes up with the vocal melodies and stuff. And I come up with the music. So in the end, we were just like, well, dude, it's like you sing so good. You know, you might as well sing on the record. So that's how it came about. Very cool. Now, I know he produced your last Firewind album, right? So what, what were the differences? Yeah, yeah, we, we co-produced it together, yeah. Okay, you co-produced that together. So what, what were the differences in the way he approached this album with you as opposed to the last Firewind album? Was it pretty much the same deal going in? The whole idea was just to write good songs that's how that's how we always start with firewind when we started out on the on immortals it was like we set out to make a concept album so it was an album about uh, a part of uh, greek history ancient greek history so it was an album that we did about spartans and you know king leonidas and all that so we had that in mind but with this solo record obviously it's a different thing totally different thing than what firewind is doing uh so basically, we were on a roll, just writing songs. And I said to him, once we finished the Firewind production, I said, "Listen, I I, I want to send you some of my stuff, what I'm thinking about my next solo record, and see what you think." And um, yeah, so I just sent him a couple of ideas. He he sent back some vocal ideas, and we went from there. 
and we really didn't have to even discuss it. It was like just writing good songs, just wanted to come up with good material that we both liked. Um, I mean, I didn't even tell him, okay, this is what I'm thinking here and stuff. Usually, like, you'll discuss stuff like that, but we, did, we didn't have to discuss anything. The, the stuff just sounded good, and That's before awesome. we knew it, we had, like, yeah, it, it's good when that happens, yeah. you know, when you have, like, a good co-writing partner like that. It's, it's really cool. Right, very cool. One track on this album that threw me for a loop is the Dire Straits cover. So you do Money for Nothing, <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking, well, this is this is going to be interesting. It starts out kind of similar vibe to the original, and then right before it kicks in, there's this key change, and it, it modulates down and gives it this really heavy, dark sound. Yep. So it's very cool. But why this song? Is there a story there? Um, the story behind this is that it's just one of those tracks that I uh, grew up as a kid and I loved it and I always wanted to learn how to play that guitar riff. It was really iconic and the video was iconic and um, it was just on one of the tracks I was thinking like what kind of cover, when I was brainstorming what kind of songs would I like to cover and this was the, this turned up immediately and was like, I was making a list and this was like on the top of the list and um I had this idea of doing a really heavy version of it, and uh, a little cool. bit of an info about the the intro. The, the actually the actual intro of the song is the exact intro that it's from the Dire Straits record. But I think uh, Dennis found all the MIDI tracks somewhere online. They were just available, so he just took oh, all wow. the MIDI tracks and he just replaced the sounds with our sounds and oh, so, <laughs> so it's cool. basically the exact stuff that <laughs> yeah it's it's basically the exact dire straits production but with uh, our our sounds yeah that's so cool uh, so and yeah. let's talk a little bit about drums on on fearless so on this album they're handled by will hunt of course from evanescence how did you hook up with will uh cool story with will is that i i uh, met him in frankfurt germany Last year, last April, I believe, I was on tour opening for uh, Steve Stevens, and he was at the Frankfurt Messe, which is like a a big music fair, kind of like the NAMM show is in America. Right. Um, I think he was there just showcasing some drum stuff, and we were staying at the same hotel, and I saw him at the hotel bar, and we are just all hanging out there, a bunch of dudes, musicians and stuff, and we just, yeah, we we had a couple of drinks and we started sharing tour stories. You know, obviously he was with Black Label Society and then you know, some Aussie stories and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, we just kind of hit it off. And I mean, I, I always loved his drumming and exchange yeah, contact. Got, and then he's got what's good, that? He can swing. You know, he's got like a good groove, right? Absolutely, yeah. And then because that's that's what really I, I started thinking of. Like, well, this would be a great guy to play on this kind of material. Mm-hmm. And a few weeks later, I just, you know, reached out and said, hey, man, would you like, would you be interested in playing into, you know, in, in this project? And yeah, he was down for it. Cool. So the song Mr. Manson, that seems to deal with Charlie Manson, who, of course, died recently. Did did his mm-hmm. death inspire the song or were you working on it even before then? No, not at all. Actually, we, we wrote that song last year, uh, months before he died. We didn't, had no clue. It's just a, one of those satanic coincidences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what I mean, what is the? There are a lot of rockers interested in Manson, you know, from Axl Rose to Rob Zombie to Ozzy. You know, why do you think there's uh, such an interest in in Manson? I guess I don't know the whole story. I mean, the whole story is so spooky and so crazy, and it's just one of those, you know, uh, has it's it's become its own myth, you know, and it's like you always 
see documentaries about it in movies and you know this guy just this Manson figure became such uh I don't know the whole cult about around his name and I don't know I, I actually I didn't even think about writing a song about him I had this riff and it was kind of like this Sabbathy, almost like this NIB type of riff. And I sent it to Dennis originally, and I said, "Hey, listen, this is like a riff that I was thinking of at some point, showing it to Ozzy years ago." And he was like in my computer for years. And so, see if you want to do something with that. And I think that kind of like triggered something in his mind. And he sent me back the demo with Mr. Mass. I'm like, okay, so what's this? He goes, he goes like, well, Mr. Crawley was already taken. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. It's a very cool track. Um, Thanks. Go back and let's talk about your, your first solo album. It had a lot, I, I need to hear the story behind this because when you, I was looking through it and it has a lot of heavy hitters on it. Dave Ellison's on it. Billy Sheehan, Jeff Scott Soto. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a huge cast of characters. So tell me a little bit about that experience and then how that type of album differs from an album like this one where it's a three piece. Well, when I, set out to do my debut solo album it was a time in my life where i just wanted to collaborate with different people i was kind of tired being in firewind at the time and just being the band guy forever since i was 18 and i just wanted to reach out and write with different people with different singers with different uh, producers songwriters and i the whole thing started uh, i reached out to a couple of friends and then then i um I met Jay Rustin, who uh, who mixed the record, and through Jay... Ah, I know uh, Jay. Uh, oh, you know Jay? Okay, yeah. yeah. He's awesome, yeah. So, yeah, through Jay, you know, he, he suggested some other people, and he introduced me to some other musicians, because I went out to L.A. to track drums and stuff, and he helped me to basically put the whole project together. Um, yeah, and, I mean, the whole idea was to basically make kind of like a... Uh, you know, one of those Santana albums, but in, in metal, you know? <laughs> Very cool, yeah. yeah. So that was the whole idea, just to have a lot of guests, just have a different... It was like, I would say, yeah, it was like an experimental thing. I had different kinds of tracks. I had like all these... I had a couple of metal instrumentals, and then I had this more kind of like retro rock stuff, and then I had like a glam rock song, and then I had like a metal song, and then I had like a uh, an active rock kind of song. So it was just a compilation of different things. I just wanted to... Um, write you know basically branch out of what i was doing in firewind and write different things and try out things very cool so since this album is the three of you are, are there any plans to tour it absolutely yeah we are actually starting in uh april basically next week we start out in um, scandinavia and in germany uh playing some shows and then then we're gonna i think we're gonna do the u.s uh, around uh, in the fall, I think September. Very cool. Then I think England, and then we're going to go back and do an extensive tour of Europe until the end of the year. I think there's, yeah, there's quite a few shows in the works right now. I think uh, we're going to be on the road for quite a while. Amazing. And so what about Firewind? Because you guys had an album out in 2017, but it sounds like your focus in 2018 is going to be mostly uh, the solo stuff. Yeah, yeah. This year is going to be, I mean, Firewind basically just finished the immortal tour two weeks ago in south america and then now it's like the solo album and the solo tour until sometime next year and i mean i don't know right now we're gonna take a little break we're gonna play a couple of festivals um in europe this summer with firewind but then 
basically take a break, think about the next album. I'm already kind of throwing rough ideas around, and um, once the solo tour winds down, we're gonna yeah think about going back and writing a new one. Very cool. Yeah, you let's let's rewind all the way back to 2005. I I seem to remember you did some live dates and even recorded maybe a little bit with with Arch Enemy. Um, so do you have any memories of working with that band that you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I remember Michael Amott, he called me, in, yeah, right around April or May 2005. They were going to go on the Ozfest, and his brother had just quit the band, so he needed a guitar player because that was like a big tour for them, you know? Right. And they were breaking pretty big, like in America. And yeah, so I went out and I... I did an audition, and then next thing you know, we we're on a like eight or nine week tour in the states. And I think when when we were doing all that, he was putting the finishing touches on um, the Doomsday Machine album, and he's like, "Hey, you want to do like a guest solo since you're gonna be out with us this summer?" That's a great album. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that album, and uh, I did a solo on us on the opening track called "Taking Back My Soul." Very cool. So you got to play on that. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was honestly at that point to me that was uh, the the first um, really uh, professional experience I had playing in a band because that was like the first time I joined a band that had a management and, and a proper crew and like everything was done, you know, like a, a, at a professional level. Um, so it was a really eye-opening experience and really inspired me to. I'm like, wow, this 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 is how a band should be run, you know. So. Um, yeah, it was really cool. It was it was a good school for me to to be in Argentina for a few months. That's awesome and good exposure. And of course, you've gone on to work with Ozzy. Are there anyone? Do you ever hear from Adam Wakeman or Blasco or any of those guys from Ozzy's band? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty often we exchange emails, you know, like or texts, like "Hey, what's what's up" and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Adam is here in Europe. He's in England, so we, we somehow we are closer, and we always. Uh, we, I guess we're more in the same time zone, so <laughs> so we we text more often, and we uh, yeah. you know compared to the other guys. But but yeah, I mean I'm really friendly with all of them, of course. You know, the, we we were in the same band for many years, and we traveled the world together, and they're amazing people. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure many good memories there. So I want to encourage Absolutely. all of our listeners to check out the new album. It's called Fearless, Gus G's new solo album. It's going to be released April 20th. We are going to look out for you. Hopefully, we'll see some U.S. dates in the fall. If so, you can expect to see me and Mark and the Talking Metal listeners at your show. And we wish you luck on the, on the upcoming on the tour. I guess you said you're leaving uh, next week. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, thank you so much. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on Talking Metal, and we hope to talk to you soon. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
I Want It More by Ozzy Osbourne off the Scream album. That's the one record with Gus G. And overlooked, underrated record. A lot of people don't talk about those last two Ozzy solo records. And I definitely have some love for those records. I think there's some good stuff on both of those records. So on that note, I guess we're going to wrap it up. Emily, anything we need to uh, touch upon? What about your Twitter account and Instagram? Can you let people know where they can find you online? Well, just my Twitter is Emily Striegel. And my Instagram is space.pony. Awesome. And leave Talking Metal a five-star review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. And on that note, here is an exclusive. This is brand new Vessel of Light featuring, of course, our friend Dan Lorenzo. Hey, Dan. And Nathan Opposition from Ancient Wisdom. This is brand new, unreleased, never heard before anywhere. We got the exclusive on this. This is Son of Man off of the upcoming brand new full-length Vessel of Light album. Thanks for letting us play this, Dan. Here we go. And that'll take us out.
find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader